me and Steph Curry with the shot. Been cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 187 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, some of you got Mike Curry, and I'm back in another episode, man. If you missed last week's episode, make sure you go check it out, man. A lot of the stuff I talked about is still pretty relevant outside of the conference championships. So you can, you know, go back and talk to it. Uh, not talk to it. Go back and listen to it. And, you know, I really, really appreciate the solid, man. Uh, but I'm here, and I'm back for another week. And I probably should have recorded a few days earlier, but nevertheless, I'm here. And we got a lot of stuff to unpack, a lot of stuff to talk about that I really want to dig into. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl um, matchup is set. You know, we're going to talk about that uh, briefly, just briefly, because it's kind of old, kind of outdated. Um, and, of course, next week I'll do a tailor the tape and stuff like that. So, maybe not too outdated. Uh, we're also going to talk about Brian Flores and his lawsuit against the NFL and against the um, Giants and stuff like that. And it's just... It's just a lot to unpack. Um, NBA trade deadline is next week. Going to briefly talk about that, man. Some big names have been mentioned, etc., etc. And I think that's all we got to discuss. So, the Super Bowl matchup is now set. And we got the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. And um, for another week, I got another soundbite for you guys. So... Let's listen in. Yes! Yeah, baby! Yeah! 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 What? What? One more win. One more win. Yes! One more! I told y'all! We been going to the Super Bowl! Bye, Brady! Bye, Rogers! Bye! Okay, so, <laughs> uh, first let me say, I've never seen my mom act like that before. I'm 27 years old. And yeah, I've never seen her that excited. Like the Rams went to the Super Bowl. She's kind of spoiled because the Rams went to the Super Bowl uh, just a few years ago. And she wasn't acting quite like this. Um, but I'm very, very excited. I'm very happy for her. Um, the Rams, them going to the Super Bowl, I could have predicted. But the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl, that is something I could not have predicted. I don't know how many people could have predicted that. Um, but if you did, you know, shouts out to you. But the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Um, they've won another another postseason game off of a walk-off Evan McPherson field goal. Um, so I wanted to shout out to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they won this game at overtime. And Joe Burrow, man, I've said this many a times, but I wasn't I wasn't high on him coming out of college. You know, I just thought that that offense was like a generational type of offense. That team itself was just magnificent you know we, you know they, they went on an amazing run and what they did so i really wasn't that high on them but then you know i was peeping them last year you know before he got hurt and he, he was making some things shake he was doing his thing and then this year things just kind of popped this year him and jamar chase the chemistry that those two have is undeniable and it's it, it's pretty beautiful to watch you know to be honest um but he showed me some moxie and he showed me some some he showed me some cojones man he showed me he showed me something in that game against the Chiefs man the defining play for me I feel like is if he would have got sacked by Chris Jones that sack that he got out of I think the game would have been over I think the Chiefs you know would have would have won the game I truly believe that um but when he made that play I said oh my goodness I said you know <laughs> I really couldn't believe what I saw um but Joe Burrow I gotta. I, I I won't hate on him. I, I kind of stopped, but I mean, I, I didn't. It wasn't like I said. Wasn't high on him coming out of college, but I saw him last year, and he was, you know, making some things shake in his rookie season, and you know, this year, um, he's just been on a different level. I think you know the addition of Jamar Chase helps. Um, T Higgins also been spectacular. He had a thousand yards in the regular season. Also had a great game last week. Um, they just got a nice offense. So Joe Mixon has actually been able to stay healthy for an entire year. That's always been, you know, a huge question mark. His health, the defense has been solid. You know, Trey Hendrickson, who they picked up. Um, Sam Hubbard been been cool. You know, Logan Wilson, uh, Jesse Bates on the back end. Um, the corner play hasn't been bad either. You know, Mike Hilton, Cheetah Bear Woozie, Eli Apple. Um, they they've been good, man. They, they've been they've been special. They've been special. I'm not gonna sit up here and say. Oh, the, the Bengals run in here. We'll give a prediction next week. 
Um, but but every time I picked against the Bengals, they proved me wrong. And yeah. But before I get off of this game, before I move on to Tom Brady retiring, I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick LeVon Mahomes the second. Y'all know that's my guy. Um, highest paid quarterback in NFL history. Um, spectacular. Won the Super Bowl in his first year starting. We get that. We truly understand that. But I got to I got to criticize him. And it's not, I'm not going to sit up here and say it's hard for me to criticize him because, you know, if I if I didn't, you know, I would be being completely biased and oblivious to what happened. But Patrick Mahomes was not good, especially in the second half of this game against the Cincinnati Bengals. He, he was not good. He was not sharp. He looked like Baker Mayfield out there. I know Baker Mayfield catching straights, but that's how he looked, bro. The I know their offense was out of rhythm, but if you're the best quarterback in the league, you're the best quarterback in the league. You cannot be making ill-advised throws. You cannot be missing throws that you routinely make. Like, I saw him miss a throw right out of the backfield to Clyde O'Dellaire. Um, It could have, you know, made a third down a lot shorter. Um, You know, maybe a third and six or something. But he he just he was just missing throws, um, forcing throws in the double coverage. He just wasn't sharp in the second half. He just wasn't sharp, and the Chiefs were not able to sustain drives in the second half, which is why I think they lost the game because, you know, first half, offense was clicking all cylinders, clicking, 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 you know what I'm saying? And I do believe that Tyreek Hill and, you know, Andy Reid and uh, Mahomes, they botched that first half by not getting at least a field goal. They tried to, I don't, I just thought that was bad, you know, decision-making, bad coaching all, all across the board on the offense on that last drive in the first half. Because you got to come away with some type of points. At least three. Harrison Bucker, arguably the best kicker in the league. Got to get some some type of points. Um, now, they didn't make it in the overtime. Which I'm like, alright, Mahomes. This is your moment. It was not his moment. The Chiefs offense went three and out in overtime. Which was very surprising. I was like, they're going to lose this game, aren't they? They're going to lose. So, I have to be critical of Patrick Mahomes. Because he just wasn't sharp. He just wasn't sharp, and I would do this with anybody, anybody that I admire. He just—I gotta call it how I see it—and he just wasn't sharp in the second half. He just wasn't good at all, <laughs> at all. He was awful. Burrow was spectacular. That was the difference in the second half. And the Bengals defense really came alive in that second half too. Uh, let's move on. And a shout out to the whole Bengals coaching staff too, because I was kind of like hating on Zach Taylor. I didn't think he was good. Um, yeah, I just <laughs> I'm still not that high on him. It just doesn't. It, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But shout out to the defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Uh, his adjustments that he made in both of those two games against the Chiefs this year um, were amazing because they held him to three points both times. In the second half in both of those games. So, <laughs> shouts out to the Bengals there in the Super Bowl. Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl. Going to be talking about it next week. And, yeah, let's move on. We had the GOAT Tom Brady finally hang it up, calling a career after 22 seasons. 22 seasons. He finished his career with the most wins, most touchdown passes, and passing yards in both the regular season and playoffs. It's obviously won seven rings. And, you know, when I first heard the news, I thought, I thought, like, I was like, nah, man, like, he's going to make the announcement. Like, I believe it when he makes the announcement himself. Comes out a couple of days later, makes the announcement, and me, selfishly, I wanted to see another year. I wanted Tom Brady to say, this will be my last year, less ball. Like, I wanted that. I really, I really wanted that. And I hope somebody, I hope that football that Mike Evans threw in the crowd um, turns up somewhere or that person holds on it or sells it for a lot of money because uh, Mike Evans did throw his last, Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. He threw it in the crowd. But anyways, that's, that's besides the point. Tom Brady hanging it up. I selfishly wanted him to stick around for another year. You know, one last dance type of thing. But he hangs it up, man. And, you know, I can't really, it's, it's. It's so many things that I can say, man. You know, he was a winner, obviously. Um, amazing leader. Um, just did so much for the game. Um, once he was able to step away from the Patriots, we finally got to see him spread his wings a little bit. Looked like he had a lot of fun on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, 
it's it's just gonna be so weird to watch another NFL season. It's gonna, it's gonna be weird, man, because you know another year without another NFL season without Tom Brady just it just doesn't even sound right. You know, he played 22 years. Like I said, I'm 27 years old. Tom Brady was in the NFL when I was you know in my kindergarten. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And he was you know really dominating early elementary. You know, winning his first Super Bowl. I like how we saw the maturation of Tom Brady throughout his career, though. You know, we saw, we saw, you know, when he first took over as starter for Drew Bledsoe and stuff like that. You know, the defense, the Patriots were really, you know, defensive led. You know what I'm saying? Belichick, Brady, you come in, you do this, you do that. But the defense is going to lead. The run game is going to lead. You know, we saw that. And then we saw, you know, Tom Brady, you know, get more weapons. And then, you know, we saw Tom Brady go years and years without winning the Super Bowl. You know, we saw those Super Bowl losses um, to the Giants both times. You know, we saw Tom Brady finally winning again. You know, the Falcons, that Super Bowl. The Seahawks, that Super Bowl. Um, you know, shout out to Malcolm Butler on that Seahawks Super Bowl. But, you know, it's it's been, it's been a journey. It's been so fun to watch Tom Brady. I always felt like you either loved him or you hated him. But me personally, I I just love seeing somebody at that age be that dominant and be that good and just be, you know, superhuman. You know what I'm saying? He really fought an amazing fight with Father Tom, seeing as he hung it up kind of early at 44. That's kind of crazy to say, but he still had a lot left in the tank. He didn't look like he was washed, except for like one Saints game. He looked fucking washed excuse my french but he looked washed y'all know what i'm talking about it was like it was like his first year and when they were uh you know when the uh buccaneers couldn't beat the saints it was like yo tom brady washed but he looked amazing man uh that's why that's kind of why i'm sad to see him retire because it's like he he did he didn't he didn't look washed you know what i'm saying he didn't look washed you no know? i expect you know when people retire you know you you see them like that wash, bro. Like Kobe, I love him to death. You know, rest in peace to the goal. But he was, he was, he was washed at the end of his career. Um, you know, obviously went out with 60 points, but you know, to get through that final season, it took a lot. And you know, Peyton Manning clearly washed. And speaking of Peyton Manning, all the all the quarterbacks that I grew up watching in my childhood, I'm saying when I was in elementary school, I now hung it up. You know, the Philip Rivers, the Ben Roethlisberger, the Eli Mannings, the um. Tom Brady's missing one more person. Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. There we go. All those guys are gone, man. And it's been a pleasure to watch absolutely every single one of those guys play. It's been an absolute pleasure to watch all of those guys play. And we truly, we truly got to witness a great, um, a great, you know, age of quarterbacks. And I still think, you know, we're in the golden age of quarterbacks. The quarterback position is still in a great place. Tom Brady was clearly a part of that, but, you know, we're still in a good place, you know, with the, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the Justin Herberts, the Josh Allens, the Lamar Jacksons, Dak Prescott, um, Deshaun Watson. Hopefully we can see him back on the field soon. Um, the quarterback position, you know, I'm sorry some names like Joe Burrow, you know, sorry some names are escaping me right now, but, you know, the quarterback position is still in an absolute great place. And Tom Brady, you know, thank you for such an amazing career. Thank you for your commitment to the game. And I'll truly miss seeing number 12 out there, a TB12. Um, congrats on a hell of a career. I know my mom's happy, though, because Tom Brady got two Super Bowls off her Rams. But, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on and talk about um, the Washington Commanders, the Washington, form the former, formerly the Washington Redskins, formerly the Washington football team. It's finally changed his name to the Washington Commanders. We kind of knew this for about a month. Um, people were saying, you know, Ron Rivera had it on his desk in a picture. You know, typical Washington stuff. Um, the domains came out like a month ago. The, um, the helicopter, news helicopter, zoomed in on the Washington um, at, at the FedEx Field team store. Um, but they're the Commanders now. Uh, me personally, I the name is eh. I give it like a C. But the jerseys, though, I really like the jerseys. I really like the jerseys. The only thing about the jerseys, I wish they didn't have a slap a W on that black helmet. They could have just not, not have had that. But them black jerseys look sweet. I really love a, a, I really love a black uniform. You know what I'm saying? The, the 49ers got one. The Cardinals got one. Um, obviously, Bengals got one. The Eagles have a black uniform as an alternate uniform. I, I, I love a black Falcons. I love a black uniform. It's just. 
it's just clean you know what i'm saying and the white uniforms that they have are clean as well obviously the burgundy is cool um but i like the uniforms a lot i really do um they are the commanders gonna now i said this to somebody at work the other day we're still gonna call them the, the, the skins the red skins like i've grown up a fan of the Redskins, so by by nature, I'm still gonna call them that. I know they're, I know they're commanders now; they got a name. I, I, football team was kind of growing on me, though. Not gonna lie, but I don't know. It's weird. It's weird, but they are the Washington Commanders. Um, we'll see how they do under this new name. Um, should be interesting though. Um, they do have uh, a Pro Bowler right now, John Allen. Um, they're saying they're gonna make a big swing at a QB. We will see. Because I don't think that... I'm going to say what I know. Uh, going with a young QB is not what the players want. I'm going to say what that... That's just, that's just what I know. Inside information type of stuff. The young, the players do not want to go with a young QB um, to lead them next year. We'll see, though. We'll see. I'm just saying what I know. <laughs> I'm just saying what I know. But we'll see how they do as the commanders. Will they get a Russell Wilson or Derek Carr or something like that? We'll see. We'll see. We just got to wait and see, man. But let's move on to... We got to move on to... Let's move on to this Brian Flores situation. So, earlier in the week, there was a report that it came... Well, Brian Flores was suing the NFL. And there was also stuff in his lawsuit against the Dolphins as well. Um, the Dolphins coach had wanted the Dolphins coach reportedly had wanted Brian Flores the year that they selected Tua Tagovailoa to tank um, to tank those some of those games for 100k incentive a game, and Brian Flores was against that was against tanking, you know what I'm saying? And he was painted as an angry black man. This is this is this is confirmed stuff. This is documented stuff that's been written down in the lawsuit stuff like that. He was painted as an angry black man um, for not wanting to abide by a tanking and didn't want to tank. And guys like Hugh Jackson have spoken up and said, you know, the Browns wanted to tank. And Devin McCourty, I'm sorry, Jason McCourty, who played on, I'm thinking, got the McCourty brothers mixed up. But Jason McCourty, who was on the Browns the year they went 0-16, he came out and also said that the Browns weren't trying to win. They weren't trying to win. Like, Let's think about this. These are professionals. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't go 1 and 15, 2 and 14. Somebody was clearly holding them back. Organizations tank. Coaches and players do not, but organizations, they do tank. They do. They they, they do. They, they want a higher draft pick. You know, marketability of selecting a high profile guy coming out in the draft and um, does some good stuff for your franchise and stuff. But. I want to give Brian Flores some credit, man, because he's put he's sacrificing and putting this job on the line. I know he's a finalist for the Texans coaching job, but he's putting his career potentially on the line because um, he could potentially get blackballed. You know what I'm saying? Guys like Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson have come to his defense, and we'll see, man. We'll see what happens, bro. I think it's an extremely tough situation because we look around at the NFL coaches. There's only one black coach currently employed. That is Mike Tomlin. Now, Mike Tomlin, his situation is unique because the Steelers are a great organization and their owner was Art Rooney, the guy who invented the Rooney rule, which means that black, every coach, every NFL team has to interview a minority candidate for their uh, head coach and vacancy. That's unique because Mike Tomlin is currently the only black coach. And I mean, he's been, you know, pretty successful, but if Mike Tomlin was on another team, I think, you know, I think, you know, when you go like eight and eight or like, you know, at one point it was, it was, um, it was, um, nine and seven. No, some teams aren't satisfied with that. You know what I'm saying? Some organizations are not satisfied with that. So he's in a unique situation. You know, I think Mike Tomlin is going to be the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers for as long as he wants. But I got to credit more so to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization because they invented the Rooney Rule. They're a well-run organization. They're not going to, you know, just do something. You know, like even with Bill Cowher, they had him for a while. And then they, you know, transitioned to Mike Tomlin. So it's unique. And it's also sad, a little heartbreaking because, you know, we only got one black coach, 
but the league is 70% black. And I know there's some brilliant minds out there. I know it just came out this morning that Eric B. Enemy uh, will interview for the Saints head coaching vacancy. Um, he deserves it, but he also deserves to get interviewed by every other organization. You know what I'm saying? But in that Brian Flores um, lawsuit and stuff, Bill Belichick had texted him and said, um, and it was an accident. He meant to text Brian Dable, the coach, new coach of the um, New York Giants. He was texting him and saying, yo, congrats on a new job. And Brian Flores was like, do you know something that I don't know? And he was like, Giants, right? And Brian Flores was like, I interviewed for them on Thursday. But they had already made up their mind that they were going Brian Dable. Um, it just, I'm guessing Brian Flores was a candidate to meet their, um, to meet the Rooney rule. I don't know. But that rule is kind of broken in itself because it's a gift and a curse because it gives candidates the opportunity to get interviewed. But I don't think they fairly get interviewed. And Brian Flores also said he was at the time when the Broncos, before they went with Vic Fangio, he was up. He was a candidate for that job. And John Elway and the Broncos owner, they showed up to the, to the meeting late and also intoxicated and stuff. It's a gift and a curse. Yes, it gives minority candidates the opportunity to get interviewed but like is it really a, is it really an interview do they already know what they have made up in their mind do they already have a pre-selected candidate who they already interviewed made up and they're just doing that to you know make their quota it's it's tough bro it's it's tough and it's in my opinion it's never really going to truly be fixed and people have been talking about this for a long time my guy Jalen Hunter he talks about this every year when we have a coaching carousel you know, it's it's tough. It's truly tough, man. I I just hope and I truly hope that Brian Flores does not get does not get blackballed. Um, you know, you look at the Dolphins record the last two years. Yes, I know they didn't make the playoffs. They lost seven games in a row after winning their first game against the Patriots. But then they won seven straight. That alone tells me he shouldn't have been fired and there was something I guess you could say racially motivated that led to his departure in Miami because he was liked by the players. Um, he got his guys in there, stuff like that. It's 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 extremely tough. I just hope he doesn't get blackballed because God knows he doesn't deserve to get blackballed. But I do give him credit for putting his potentially putting his career on the line for the sake of other black coaches. And I just hope you know this gets resolved in the right way. But we'll see, man. He is up for the Texans head coaching job. He's in there, you know, final three. So we'll see, man. But coaches that have been hired this week include Kevin O'Connell, former <laughs> Washington Redskins staff member. Um, he went to L.A. with Sean McVay. Um, he gets a job. He's a young guy, though. I, li I like to see how that's going to work, though. I really, truly do. Um, but he was on Washington staff for a number of years. So Washington fans, there goes another one. Shanahan, McVay. LaFleur, O'Connell. We'll see how he does. The Jaguars have elected to go with Doug Peterson, former Super Bowl winning coach with the Philadelphia Eagles. I like this hire because I didn't think Doug Peterson was a guy who should have got fired. You know, yes, you could say things kind of grew stale in Philly. Um, I know I know they made the playoffs this year, but I still don't think that Doug Peterson should have ne necessarily got fired. But, you know, it's good that he gets a fresh start in Jacksonville. Um, so we'll see. Still a few vacancies open. Texans, Saints. Um, might, is that it? I think that is it. Um, so we'll see, bro. We'll see what happens with the rest of these vacancies. Let's move on to the NFL. We got, I'm sorry, the NBA. <laughs> we got the um, we got the NBA trade deadline coming up. And y'all know the trade deadline. I usually do a big episode right after the deadline. So that's going to coincide next week with, you know, Super Bowl preview. And we're going to talk about the deadline. And hopefully, you know, the Texans job and the Saints job are filled by then. I'll give us something else to talk about. But let's discuss um, some stuff that came out yesterday. They said James Harden uh, in the Sixers. James Harden, the Nets and the Sixers are talking. Ben Simmons, James Harden type of thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know what this solves. Um on the Nets part, but I do get it. You know, they're, they're currently, you know, in a spiral right now, uh, ever since Kevin Durant got injured. 
Um, things are kind of going downhill in Brooklyn. I think one day we're all just going to look at, at this Brooklyn Nets experiment and laugh. Um, but, I mean, James Harden is potentially, he's going to be a free agent after this year. So, I mean, could be getting a player in the contract for him. So, I guess that makes sense. But, I think one day we're going to look at this Brooklyn Nets thing and laugh. Because it never materialized to what it was supposed to be. I know injuries have played a big role in that. But, me and B. Jones are going to be laughing. I'll just say that. Me and B. Jones are going to have a lot of fun laughing at this one day. But um, some other names that are in the trade market uh, include Julius Randle. He's been mentioning some rumors. De'Aaron Fox has been mentioning some rumors. There was a trade yesterday, though. And the Damon Lillard, you got to get out of Portland. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. So there was a trade yesterday that included the Clippers trading Eric Bledsoe and getting Robert Covington and Norman Powell, which I think are some nice pieces. Um, some really nice pieces when you factor in, you know, the Paul George and Kawhi whenever they get back. Um, they already got some nice pieces now. They're in the playoff picture now winning games, and they just got some solid pieces that the Lakers could have used. Um, but <laughs> let's talk about Damian Lewis. <laughs> Damian Lillard, I saw a tweet yesterday. Damian Lillard spat a whole freestyle on how he refused to run from the grind. And Blazers GMs repaid him with Cody Zeller, Tony Snell, Eric Bledsoe, and Justice Winslow. Man, if that doesn't hurt your heart, man, <laughs> or make you laugh, because what are they doing? What are they doing? And we kind of knew that the Trailblazers organization was sort of incompetent. Though. They were like, yo, let's trade Gary Trent for Norman Powell. And a lot of us, like, I roll, like, what? Like, Gary Trent is, like, the best young player you got, you know? <laughs> and they traded him away. I, I just don't get these Blazers. I really don't. But I think that is a hell of a trade for the Clippers, man. They just picked up some more solid pieces. You look at their roster. Reggie Jackson, um, Luke Kennard, um, Marcus Morris. Um, you got Zubats. You got, um, say, Serge Ibaka. Um, Terrence Mann still on the roster. They got, their roster is solid, bro. Um, Amir Coffey, solid roster, solid roster. And um, they just picked up some more solid players that are definitely help uh, when their stars return to the lineup. So we'll see. Um, I do think the Lakers will make some type of move. It just seems like they have to do something. Just something. I'm not saying they got to uh, make a blockbuster deal or something like that. Although we've seen the Lakers do this before in my lifetime. Plenty of times. But um, I think they're going to pick up someone. I don't know who. I think they're going to do something. But uh, Anthony Davis, he has looked spectacular. I hope he can remain healthy because he's looked, he's looked like AD. He's looked like the um, Anthony Davis we saw in the NBA bubble. He's been filling it up. Uh, LeBron should be back real soon. Um, Russ and AD have actually looked good together over these last couple of games. But we'll see. The Lakers are going to make a run. You've heard it here first. They're going to make a run. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Go ahead and sprinkle some of your money on them to win the championship. It's good odds right now. I already did that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm going to wrap this thing up, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for the continued love and support. I'm your host. I'm your guy, Mike Curry, and I am signing out. Episode number 187 is done. Peace.